Last Sunday, with some 26 inches of snow on the ground, some of you had the good sense to stay home. I'm glad you did, and were safe and warm, I hope. I'm glad you didn't try to navigate all the icebergs at the intersections and the ice skating of the slush at the sidewalks. But even this week, I'm sure many of you have, have dodged these icebergs and the piled up trash and recycling. Who knows what you've gone through to get here today? Some of you have traveled to see family over the week with deaths and celebrations. Some of you are visiting the city We've all come from many different places. Maybe you walked today and because of the storms, you, you've walked a different way. And so you've seen things that maybe you don't always see on a Sunday morning or on another day. Or maybe you took a taxi and you had an especially interesting driver. Who knows what has brought each one of us here today. But regardless of where we come from we've probably had some kind of experience. Some real experience has happened between home and where we are right now. Leaving home can have its complications, can't it? Whether it's leaving home on a daily basis or the leaving home in all capital letters when we move away from family and all that's familiar A lot can happen after we walk out that door. Sometimes we almost become a different person. Sometimes we feel a new freedom, a new identity, no longer so-and-so's sibling or such-and-such child. And so we move out and we become new and different. We improve, we change All of which works just fine until we run into someone who knew us back then. That's what happens in today's gospel. Jesus returns home after having left. He's grown up. He's changed. He's become become someone new. He's begun this public ministry of teaching and preaching and healing. He had grown up mostly in Nazareth, but then he'd gotten out. And he'd seen things, he'd done things, he'd experienced things. He'd developed his own view of the world and his own view of himself. Some of us know all of this from the gospel stories. Jesus is baptized by John once he leaves home and familiar. He struggles with demons in the wilderness. He teaches in the synagogues and as St. Luke puts it, He was glorified by all, which is to say people liked him, people listened, and people followed. And then he comes back to Nazareth, his hometown. And there in the local synagogue, he reads from the scroll those liberating words of Isaiah, but adds a zinger. Jesus says, today, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Thousands of years of waiting of prophesying, of of expecting, of looking forward. And Jesus says, it's done, it's fulfilled, right here, right now. We heard the first part of this story last week, but this week the story continues. The plot thickens, sort of. 
momentum had been building all around Jesus. People were speaking well of him. They were wondering at his wisdom. And yet it's right at that point that they get confused. As smart as he sounds, as wise as he seems, after all, don't they know him? Isn't he Mary's boy? Didn't he used to work with Joseph in the shop? Well, Jesus hears their skepticism. And so he reminds them of that long-standing tradition known in Israel that a prophet is welcome almost everywhere except in his or her hometown. Jesus reminds them of those Old Testament prophets, Elijah and Elisha. Elijah went to Zarephath and healed the widow's son. Elisha could have healed all the lepers of Israel, but instead dealt with the foreigner, the outsider, Naaman, the Syrian. Jesus suggests that God's mercy doesn't stay local, and the people get even angrier. What should have been a sort of home court advantage for Jesus quickly turns into an upset for his enemies. The game almost ends as the people pour out of the synagogue and push him to the edge of a cliff. Jesus has grown up. This is no longer that little baby Jesus, meek and mild. His faith has grown up. His preaching has grown up. And people don't want to hear it. Growing up is hard to do. Growing up was not just hard for Jesus. We hear about uh, Jeremiah's growing up in the first reading. For different reasons, growing up, maturing in faith was hard for Jeremiah. We hear about Jeremiah's growing pains, especially in relationship to his call from God. Jeremiah has a complicated leave-taking. He's trying to get away from home, from his place of origin, from, from the God he knew growing up. He's trying to do something new. And God reminds him that God is God. Before I knew you in the womb, I knew you, God says. Before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. And so God is calling Jeremiah to, to somehow look backward and allow God to consecrate that upbringing, that origin, and make it part of this holy continuum of maturing in faith. Jeremiah protests. He says, oh, but I'm too young. I'm too inexperienced. I'm not trained. I'm not fit for service. And God calls him anyway. Later, when people seem to ignore Jeremiah and they laugh at him and they make fun of him and they, they go in the opposite direction and he feels all alone, Jeremiah feels completely cut off and he sort of shouts at God, Oh God, you've, you've faked me out. You've deceived me. The original Hebrew is even harsher than that. And yet, slowly and somehow, Jeremiah begins to hear God. He perceives God, that God is the same, even as Jeremiah is called to grow into a new place of faith, a new place of trust, a new place of believing, a larger faith, a more mature faith. Spiritual growth comes when we're able and willing to leave what's familiar. We grow with God often by leaving home, 
Though home can be all sorts of things, can't it? Home can symbolize so many things. We might be called to move to a new job with new expectations or challenges. Sometimes we're called to move into a new relationship that feels completely strange and foreign. Sometimes we're taken to new cities or even new countries. Sometimes we're in a new place and find ourselves called to make new friends, new networks, to redefine family in some new way. And then sometimes we stay right where we are physically, but are called to grow spiritually, psychologically, emotionally. I had a great friend who died last year in her upper 90s. She was either 97 or 98. I always get confused which. And in the last 10 or so years, she was mostly homebound. She would get out occasionally, but she was mostly there in a little one-bedroom apartment in New Jersey. But she traveled. She went places. She went places spiritually. She went places psychologically. She read and she wrote friends. She prayed. She continued to learn. It's no surprise then that my friend Charlotte had a well-traveled soul when she died. She'd been places. She had seen things, often right from her living room couch. Like in today's gospel, she was often misunderstood. She was made fun of by her family, who thought she was strange. She was made fun of by her church. She was made fun of by her neighbors. A few people even wondered about her friendship with a crazy Episcopal priest. They didn't understand Charlotte's need for challenge, for growth, for for doing things that startled and surprised that threatened even. What I knew of Charlotte's faith, I hope, will be my own, God willing, when I'm that age. That deep and abiding faith in a God who almost plays hide-and-seek with us. A God who invites us to rise to every challenge and to show us new and complex depths to God's love and mercy. God calls us to grow up in our faith. We can grow as individuals in many, many ways. Sometimes we grow by praying, by praying more or praying differently, or maybe by praying using our body if we feel like we're tongue-tied with words. A quick advertisement, this Lent, there will be a couple of opportunities to to think about spiritual growth. There'll be a quiet day on Saturday, February 13th. We'll talk about prayer with beads, rosaries, and such things. Sunday mornings in Lent, we'll explore together some of the basics of Christian spirituality, which is a fancy word for really just growing, learning, deepening. Friday nights in Lent, we'll walk and sing the Stations of the Cross. It's a wonderful time to deepen, to learn something new, to gain a new perspective on an old and perhaps familiar story. If you've got a question about God or a a gripe with God, then look up the answer. Ask a priest or a holy person or go online. Look somewhere. Go to a seminary library. 
chances are other people have asked your question. And while they might not have solved it, there will be numerous answers. Secondly, I think we may be called to grow up in faith as a church, as a congregation, as a parish. Those parts of our common life that are warm and friendly and cozy and accessible should never change. And I hope and pray they won't. But I wonder if we're not also being called to dust ourselves off just a little bit, to to get to know our neighbors better, uh, the ones who've been in our neighborhood for a while, and especially some of the new ones, to engage our neighborhood and our city at a yet deeper level. As I watch some of our leaders wrestle with questions around homelessness and poverty, there are so many in this parish who have worked among the homeless and the poor for years. We can add our voice to the conversation, and perhaps we're being called to do that. A voice of faith that's steeped in experience. As families move into our neighborhoods and walk all over the place with their children, perhaps we're being called in new ways to to confront them, to invite them with the love of God that doesn't fit people in a narrow little box, but, but opens and increases and seeks to deepen and engage and enliven. Who knows how we're being called to grow, to deepen But I think it's happening. If you listen with me for God's calling, we're being called in new ways to offer living water. Living water that we know quenches and soothes and enlivens and strengthens. When crises come, when personal crises come or public crises come, we're caught off guard And we don't know what to do if our faith is stuck in the faith we had as a child. Whenever something knocks us off our feet, if we haven't thought about some of those questions, then it's going to throw us. We're called to grow. As St. Paul says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. Paul was always engaging people who disagreed with him, who thought differently from him, who challenged him, and his faith deepened. Christ calls us to take his hand and to grow, to risk offending, to risk being misunderstood, to risk being laughed at, to risk being thought crazy, to risk loving too much, loving too freely, loving too widely, loving too long. Of course, we get scared. We might feel like children desperate to be close to a parent. We might feel like teenagers unsure what's going to grow next and how we'll move awkwardly through the next stage. We might feel like middle-aged adults, a little smug and tired and wondering really if God can show us anything new or if God is interested in showing us anything new. Or maybe we're up in years and we feel like we've already done it, we've already been there, we've already prayed it. The good news this day for each of us is that God is not finished with us. God is not finished with us as individuals. God is only beginning with the Church of the Holy Trinity. 
No matter where we are coming from, whatever our spiritual home may be, we can be confident in the adventure of faith because God is with us. Just as God reminded Jeremiah that he was known and loved in the womb before he was born, God has also consecrated us and chooses us. God knows each one of us. God knows our fears and our limitations, but God also knows our potential and what we are made for. As we gradually learn to leave the cozy places of our faith, let us grow together in love and mercy, in grace and forgiveness, in joy and in strength. In the name of God the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.